believe it. 92 yards, and Lindsey really got in a foot race. I broke my chair. I came right to a chair, a metal steel chair with about a five-inch cushion. I broke it. The booth came apart. The stadium, well, the stadium fell down. Now they do have to renovate this thing. They'll have to rebuild it now. <laughs> the Stonehouse as a whole, Sedwell, awaiting the slot. The spot, the kick is up. The kick is good! Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20, they're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, Kevin. they got him. Here they're comes coming the blue from coat. the left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks into the end zone, Hunter Info caught it, touchdown, 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 with a second left, Watson hits Renfro, and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead. Now, Brad Sinketh and John Hyde with the Press Box on the Roar. Good morning and welcome to the Press Box. Brad Singham here with John Hyde broadcasting live on this Monday, February the 12th, 2024 from the Upcountry Fiber Studios at the Roar, 105.5, 975theroarfm.com. We appreciate you joining us today. 9.06 a.m. to kick off the week as we break down last night's Super Bowl 58, Kansas City Chiefs, 25 the San Francisco 49ers, 22 in overtime. What a game it was in Las Vegas. We're going to break it all down, plus uh, some interesting football, college football news that came out over the weekend. And Clemson basketball gets a very, very critical road victory to move up in the ACC standings. Uh, plus, we'll recap everything else that happened over the weekend. It's going to be a busy show. 6-5-4, Roar. John, good morning. How was your Super Bowl Sunday? Super Bowl Sunday was fantastic, Brad. How was yours? It was great. It was a uh, it was a fun day, fun game. Uh, wasn't for about two and a half quarters, but obviously uh, the worm turned on that one, and it turned into a really, really entertaining uh, final stretch in overtime. And I enjoyed it, and I had a had a really good day yesterday. It was a great way to end the season. It was. It was. Um, congratulations to you on your pick for Kansas City, uh, winning the. Uh, fourth or the third Super Bowl uh, for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid with this Chiefs team. Uh, They continue to be, I guess what we'd have to label now, you know, the best team in the best franchise in the NFL. Uh, Do we call it a dynasty? I guess that's one of the questions Uh, today. So this is three and five years? Yeah. They've been to the they're, Super they're, Bowl. They're a dynasty. Yeah. Been, <laughs> three, three out of five, you're a dynasty. Been there four times in the last five years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say so. Three Super Bowls in, in five years probably means you should be called a dynasty, which I, I find extremely fascinating because we went from the Patriots slash Brady dynasty, and I say slash not to diminish the Patriots, but... 
to acknowledge that Brady did beat Mahomes in a Super Bowl to sort of keep his personal dynasty and legacy going in 2020. So there's there's that to, to keep in mind. But uh, we go from one dynasty to another, John, and this one, this one really does feel Patriot-esque in that you just don't see an end in sight. We talk about this all the time. You get windows in the NFL. You get opportunities. Uh, you, you can't sit here and say, the 49ers will be back. There's no question in my mind. You just can't say that in this in this league, that nothing is inevitable, it appears, except the Kansas City Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, and Andy Reid. That feels inevitable right now in this league. And it's the only thing. Because, I mean, the, the 49ers, the year after, was it the year after they won the, or after they went to the Super Bowl, weren't they terrible that, that next year? Um, I believe so. I believe that well, that was in COVID, and then they had a lot of injuries, and obviously it was California during COVID, and a lot of just th- issues. I'm I'm pretty sure they didn't make the playoffs. Was that because th- they didn't have Brock Purdy up. yet? Um, that was when they were still running around with Jimmy Garoppolo, trying to get trying to milk that for whatever it was worth uh, when when it was all said and done. But I I do think that you know it, it's so it is not this easy, John. I don't want to pretend. Like, this is just, oh, yeah, it's just the Chiefs going to win it again. Of course not. No, it's not easy. What they are doing, and, and the thing is, it's a different roster every single year. It's a different group of receivers. It's a different, you know, I guess unheralded group that ends up making huge plays and being such a part of it. it is the core Mahomes, Kelsey, Reed, Spagnola, Chris Jones, you know, always got DB. Some somebody on the field can play a DB at all times. Oh yeah, it might be a different name, but Reed somebody can or always Sneed. play. Yeah, no, they've got very good players in the secondary. So like, there's a formula for it, but a lot of the supporting cast seems to change. And what this team became compared to what they were, it's they sort of took on like the NBA mentality. You know, you kind of just you kind of just mess around a little bit in the ring. They're not messing around because every game's important, but you know you have a gear that you can get to. You don't have to prove that gear to yourselves in, say, November and December. Remember how th- this team would, like, trash at times in November Oh, and yeah, no. It's, they lost it, to the Raiders at home. That's a very good point about the NBA thing, where it's like, yeah, we don't have to play at, a, like, 100% every single game because all we've got to make sure is that our seating is intact. They have figured out in Kansas City how to play the regular season and the playoffs. Most teams feel like I have to be this throughout 21 weeks or whatever. I mean, it's kind of in a different way, but similar to how Coach Sweeney sets up every phase of the season to mean something different. So you're ratcheting it up at different times of the year. It's, you know, college and NFL is very different to how the calendar works, but I feel like that same mindset applies in Kansas City. Okay, September, October, we're laying the foundation. We just got to try to figure out what works, what doesn't, based on our personnel. November and December, you start to fine-tune things a little bit more. And then by the time you get to the end of December, that this team's ready to go on a run. Yeah. And they've done it multiple years in a row now. Yeah, and and they've done it in vastly different ways. This you know, team... you brought up something to me before the show. Just all the different narratives we throw at this team to say, or these, you know, elite dynasties, and we say that we just to predict their demise. Brad, you brought this up to me earlier. Oh, they'll never win another Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's the only thing that makes Patrick Mahomes work. 
Uh, no. They've won more without Tyreek Hill than they've won with him. Just a fact. I'm not. I'm not disparaging Tyreek Hill. I'm. I'm disparaging the narrative that he was the offense because people said that, John. I mean, if you want, just Google it. You'll find it. There was a. I think it was the Athletic.com who had that story back a couple years ago, after when right after Tyreek Hill left, and everybody just started pooping all over Mahomes, and there was these anonymous GMs and these anonymous defensive coordinators, all these people. Oh, they're going to be nothing without Tyreek Hill. You have no idea what Tyreek Hill did for this offense and for Mahomes. They're going to feel the sting and the effect. They won two straight, back-to-back Super Bowls, without Tyreek Hill. Without a a marquee receiver. Yeah, well, I, I, I still argue <laughs> Travis Kelsey no, is no, a receiver. No, I, I, <laughs> I agree with you, but I'm saying there's not like in the way that we have normally build offenses, yeah. there's not a... True alpha wide receiver one. There's not a C.D. Lamb. There's not a um, uh, what's the Eagles got? A.J. A.J. Brown. Brown. There's yeah, correct. None of these guys played at LSU. They don't have like, a Debo or an Ayuk. No, on the other side last night, did not have that in this game, and yet they find a way and they get something out of Miko Hardman, who what a story. The former Georgia Bulldog. If you remember this. The Chiefs did not want to pay Miko what he thought he was worth on the open market. They just were like, nah, man, we just don't have that kind of money to give you. You're not a number one receiver. You're not even a number two receiver. And he was wanting at least number two money. And the Chiefs said, nah, we're good. He went to the Jets and flamed out. And it was probably very humbling for him to have to sort of crawl back to Kansas City and be like, okay, yeah, you were right. But he wanted to play there. And what does he do? He catches the game-winning touchdown in overtime last night. This is how I know that the Chiefs are in full dynasty mode. Because this reminded me so much of the the Patriots runs. A guy who, when you after have a lot of success, you know, we say this all the time in football, when you win, you can't keep everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Guys want to go, and people are willing to pay a little extra for you because of your association with championships. Yes. It's just the tale as old as time. I mean, honestly, it felt like Alex Anthopoulos drew this thing up. <laughs> it was that, very that it's just yeah, like, hey man, we appreciate you just a core guy, but g- go get your money elsewhere. Hey, you got paid. You want to come on back and now do something? Come on. It is just amazing what the Chiefs are doing. I I, I cannot stress enough how easy they make it look, and everybody in the NFL is going, what in the world? Why can't we do that? Well, one, you don't have Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. And that's that's where it where it really takes off. I mean, you want to really get to it. Nobody else has that combination. And the the head coach and the and the quarterback matter that much when they when they're at that level. But John, they never overreact. They never look like I don't say never. Well <laughs> okay. Outside of Travis Kelsey, they they don't they don't overreact to situations. They don't get down on themselves. There's no mental block they have to overcome. They've done this so much now that they just feel like they're going to win. Do you remember during the regular season, I can't remember the opponent, but when Patrick Mahomes threw the equivalent of a tantrum post game about they actually called oh, that yeah. the guy in the neutral zone lined up and and we made such a big deal about that. Yeah. Because that's the Tony. first time in six years we have seen him show that type of emotion. 
He and he came off very whiny, but he admitted that. Yes. Give him credit. He 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 admitted that he was he overreacted to that situation. I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't hold that against him. You can call him whiny if you want, but at least he he did realize the error of his way. Yeah, he acknowledged it and didn't try to double down on him and say, No, y'all are just being ridiculous. No. Yeah. He, he didn't I thought ask, he handled it well. He didn't ask for, for preferential treatment because he's a superstar. After he realized he was out of line, he he admitted it. Yeah, has some awareness to him. I give credit in that because there's a lot of people who would be in his same situation who don't have that kind of awareness. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't, athletes whine all the time. Yeah, people you work with whine all the time. I mean, when you, don't don't shake, don't look at me when when I say that, John. I saw that look you gave me. I mean, we're having a conversation. I kind of have to look at. I you. mean, you don't have to literally point your finger at me. My goodness, it could be a little more subtle next time. People whine. They do. We whine every day. Six five four roar. <laughs> we have a we have a, a line you can call during football season to whine. Yes, but people get mad when athletes do it. They're entitled. We whine about the whining. <laughs> no, this is their job, and when their job doesn't go their way, they whine. Just like that that employee you got. Huh. It's almost like they're humans. <laughs> almost. 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 Patrick Mahomes doesn't look human to me. I hate, I hate to tell you that. Yeah, he does not in any way. What he did last night, running the football, throwing the ball, uh, what, 66 rushing yards, 333 he passing the yards. NFL record for quarterback rushing yards in the postseason. That's insane. That is just ridiculous. Uh, we, we could spend the whole show on Mahomes alone. And I, yes. and, I, and I do want to take some time to talk about him. And what he did last night, and put it in the big scheme of, of everything, because you know you, you kind of have to have big picture conversations. But I do want to take a moment to say this: I don't know how, I don't know what you have to do to make this happen. Steve Spagnola, the defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, has to be in the Hall of Fame. We don't put coordinators in there. You got to be a head coach. Who's you know did it for twenty five years or right. thirty years? You you got to be a player who had an unbelievable run. Why can't we put Spagnuolo in the Hall of Fame? Because I will argue that no defensive coordinator, and especially in this era of football where it's offense, 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 and the rules push it that way, that no one has beaten better teams. No one has has risen to the occasion from a game planning and coaching standpoint like Spagnola. Because, Brad, what was the franchise he was with before he was the D.C. of the Kansas City Chiefs, before he became a head coach? Yeah, but where, long, where did he back. get Where did he get famous? He was with the New York Giants when they shut down the undefeated Tom Brady Patriots with Randy Moss. Looked like the greatest offense we'd ever seen in the history of the world. And he stopped them. He's the only guy that ever did it. The only guy that ever did it. Now the, the Giants did beat them twice, but but that defense shut down. I mean, no, remember that offense, John? We we cannot sleep on that offense. It was the I remember every Sunday cutting it on and just watching Randy Moss run down the field for eighty yard touchdowns. Like every play was like an eighty yard touchdown. We never see anything like that. Spag shut it down. He rises to the occasion. He has he has the the perfect game plans and the perfect adjustments. He's probably the best defensive coordinator ever. He. Ever that's a that's trash because so many guys who've made other moves what have you but when he, it comes put, to he put Kyle Shanahan in just full panic mode the the best offensive mind that we tout in the National Football League outside of Sean McVay either one I mean I feel like it's one A one B depending yeah. on how you want to talk fair who you're asking who's talking fair put him in a blender 
And Kyle Shanahan, once again, in a big game, completely gives up a double-digit lead. Shocker. Or Six is it? Four roar. More to come on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I'm Eddie Bennett. Winter means colder weather and hot deals on Takeuchi at Bennett Equipment. We have Takeuchi track loaders, excavators, wheel loaders, and hundreds of attachments ready to go to work today. Why settle for less with other brands when you can have the best in Takeuchi? Stop by any of our four convenient locations and see why Bennett and Takeuchi set the standard for equipment sales and rental. And remember, when you need equipment in the upstate or northeast Georgia, buy it or rent it from Bennett. Craft Stove Store and Patio is here to help your home stay warm and cozy until spring with over 20 burning displays of vented and vent-free gas logs. Vent-free logs will heat for just pennies an hour and even keep you warm and cozy in the event of a power failure. Craft Stove Store and Patio even features the radiant heating vented gas logs that have a real fire look and radiant heat. Visit Craft Stove Store and Patio located on 3002 Wade Hampton Boulevard, Taylors. Craft Stove Store and Patio. Don't miss out on this week's specials at Buff City Soap. With products for everyone, corporate gifts, pet products, laundry soap, seasonal scents, and more. Follow Buff City Soap Clemson and Buff City Soap Greenville on Facebook and Instagram for the latest sales and updates. Just trust me. We've all heard or said these words ourselves at various points. It's going to be great. Just trust me. We say that all the time. And that's basically what I'm saying when you hear me talk about PhD weight loss. I'm just asking you, just trust me. And now the reality is a few of y'all are thinking things like this. Will it be safe? Or, you know, perhaps more commonly, will I fail? Nope. You won't fail because they won't let you. You're not your past. Whatever diet pills or injections you did in the past failed you. Wanting to drop weight is 80% of the battle, so you're almost there. And the other 20% is having an expert on your side, a way to keep you on track. Keeping you on track is what PhD does. It's the most important thing that they do. I want you to think about this. Think about what not doing PhD will do. Multiply five pounds times five years of doing nothing. You're another 25 plus pounds overweight. If you don't, stop right now and call PhD. For more info, go to the website at mypHDweightloss.com. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. Make 2024 the year you prioritize your health by scheduling preventative health screenings like a colorectal cancer screening. Detecting potential issues early can be the key to a longer, healthier life. Your future self will thank you. With five convenient office locations in Clemson, Greenville, Simpsonville, and Spartanburg, it's easier than ever to take charge of your health with Gastroenterology Associates. Visit gastroassociates.com to schedule your screening colonoscopy. Show your love this Valentine's with exquisite fashion jewelry from Diamonds Direct and save an extra 20%. Now through Valentine's, all fashion favorites at Diamonds Direct are on sale. All earrings, all bracelets, all necklaces, stackable bands, colored gemstone jewelry, and more. Lots of romantic and timeless gifts for under $500. Special financing available too. Don't miss this. An extra 20% savings on all fashion jewelry favorites at Diamonds Direct. Shop in store or online at DiamondsDirect.com. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. 
Royal Flush Toilet Rentals. If you want to potty like a rock star, you can with us. At Royal Flush Toilet Rentals, we offer construction porta potty rentals, septic tank pumping, and luxury toilet trailers. Call 864-238-8800. We have two-stall, three-stall, and four-stall trailers for your corporate events, wedding parties, and special occasions. Call 864-238-8800. Royal Flush Toilet Rentals. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. What teams and situations concern you in sports? Yeah, yeah, I, I am concerned. You know, I'm concerned, but, you know, we didn't get it done tonight. Um, and that's my level of concern. Tune in Wednesday on the Press Box to see if your problems make the Concernometer. Weekdays from 9 until noon, right here on The Roar, where every day is game day. Nine twenty-five a.m. here on a Monday, day after the Super Bowl. Are you working today, or are you just sort of kind of going through the motions? Did you call in? Are you just waking up? How are you consuming your day after the Super Bowl? I, I don't know. We we have a lot of listeners who don't care about the NFL. Some of them may not even have watched the game, for all I know. Uh, but it's the Super Bowl. We should have a holiday today. We should be off today. Not you and I, because I want to come in and talk about the Super Bowl. Absolutely. But. We should have a national holiday. Kids should be out of school. Or we should just play. Um, no, my kids not get to stay games. up and watch it. Do they watch any of it? Yeah, first half. Oh, so when the good stuff happened, they yeah. So if you would have put your kids to bed at kickoff, we would maybe have had the greatest game of all time. Maybe it so. would have been thrilling the all four quarters. But that game with the overtime, it didn't end until what close to ten thirty, after ten thirty or something like that. It was late. It was late. I, I didn't pay attention to the clock. I wasn't too involved in the game, but it definitely felt a little. Little too late for the young ones who have to go to school today. Now, if they didn't have to go to school, he could have said and watch every single second of it. <laughs> Some of you gonna have a rough day today. I know it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long day. You indulged in the Super Bowl festivities. What'd you have on the menu last night, John? Oh, I had a lot of different things. See, so. I couldn't I couldn't talk about this with Mike on Friday because he's doing PhD. Yeah. <laughs> And I, smoke, baby. And, and I told him, I was like, I am not going to talk about the chicken wings and the dips and everything. I'm not going to do it, Mike. I'm not going to save yeah. you from that. Um, we had some dips. Mm-hmm. Um, had some some pretzel bites. Mm. Had some, some pretzel bites. Oh, yeah. Little uh, little charcuterie tray. Oh, look, listen, you got a little high class over there at the Height household. You know, and uh, some pizzas. out the charcuterie board. And some pizzas. And some pizzas, some homemade pizzas. Oh, yeah. Not ordered. Oh, no. Handmade. Man. We had a good time. The listeners wonder why they weren't invited. I I told them. The problem is we would have been standing around swimming in your front yard probably. Yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) The kayak got out this morning, though. It was good. (laughs) It rained buckets last night uh, and this morning and still is. But uh, to your point, sounds like a good menu there. It was. It it was a good time, and I enjoyed it. I I had a lot of fun. I made some dip. Made some cheese dip. Ooh. Some sausage. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I loaded it down with probably too much cheese, but what, what, is there such a thing in this world as too much cheese? On Super Bowl Sunday, no, not at all. 
felt like I ate all day. Like I, I didn't even really start till like maybe five thirty, but I felt like by oh yeah, days if I got eaten forever. And I, I try not to eat hardly anything leading up to the game. Do you kind of take Super Bowl Sunday with the same plan of Thanksgiving? Yes, a, a little bit, except it's much later. Because I, I do Thanksgiving early. I've always, for most of my life, I've always done a big meal early. Because I don't like eating a big meal late. So you have to stretch it out, though, with the Super Bowl. Yeah. You, know, you got to kind of, yeah, you have, you, have to ra- you have to portion yourself. You got to pace yourself. It's a long day. You do. You got to go a little bit before the game. You know, get that base in there. And then you're just sort of going back every every couple timeouts or every. Well, if you're cooking, you got to have a little something because you don't want to cook all that food and be hungry while you're doing it. No, you can't do that. Um, yeah, I had wings and some dips, a couple different dips. There you and, go. And some cupcake, homemade cupcakes. Ooh, yeah, it was it was a nice uh, it was a nice Super Bowl. I enjoyed it. It's a good game, good food. It was. It was, it was just a good day. I mean, this is this is like a holiday. I I treat the Super Bowl like a holiday. I always have. I the reason that I do as well. Is because right now I, I want to thank our listener for pointing this out to me. Texter zero four zero five. If you go to collegefootballselect.com, Brad, there's a countdown clock. Oh no! Don't From do now this. until how long? Until week zero college football. You're gonna get me depressed. It's raining as it is. Hundred ninety four no. days, two hours, thirty minutes, and thirty eight <sighs> seconds. That is so long. We're at day one, John. That is why I treat yesterday like a holiday, though, because I know starting today. For the next 193 days, we're not going to have football. I don't want to hear that. And no, we're not counting whatever the Rock's cooking over there on ESPN. I'm, I'm not counting that. Oh, I thought you were talking about his return to WrestleMania. <laughs> That's not football. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not counting whatever that is. Football does not begin again until August. We get a brief pause with spring games. Yeah, but, spring that, but they don't count. Things. I mean, and you get so little out of it. I don't, I don't even count that. August is a long time, John. I mean, I'm. I, th- thanks for sending me in depression mode. Okay, day one. I wanted of, ju- no, of but slog. I I bring that up to, so we can take last night as a point of reverence, and we can appreciate what it was and put a bow on this year's football season. Yeah, look, I I love March Madness. I love the Braves. I will watch 162 if I can. Probably going to be doing some things on some days. So I'm not sure I'll get all 162 in. But I love that stuff. But, John, there's just something different about a Saturday morning waking up and waiting till noon to see when the see who's playing. And then there's just something about on Sundays, especially Sunday, the 4 o'clock game, leading into the 8 o'clock game, like the the witching hour. Oh, yeah. On, uh, on Red Zone, you know, around 3.15, 3.30. You're really getting into that. Like, that is... There's just something about that feeling that just never, never goes away. I mean, I've been watching college and pro football for 30-something years, and it never goes away. There's just something special about it. Yep. So it's going to be, it's going to be difficult to make it through the long slog. Day one. Here we go. We'll see what we can do. 654-ROAR, you want to get in with us. Hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. And hopefully you uh, got a chance to uh, stay up late and watch the game, unlike my kids. Hey, it's not my fault. I didn't. I didn't call for overtime, but I, I'd already told them there's no way you're gonna make it through the through the end of this one. Uh, but still, it was a fun game. The way it ended, uh, we got a lot of late offensive action in this after a very sluggish first half offensively. And what we saw from Patrick Mahomes, the maestro, 
He that's what he looks like, John. It's like he's running an orchestra. You know, it's like he he knows when to bring in this music or, or th- this group and these instruments and how to cut them off at the right time. Like he just he's just in control, even when he's not playing well. You know, he's in control because he did not have a good first half. No, he but had, he was in control. Right. He didn't. Uh, he his his worst throw of the night was the one on in the third quarter, the first drive when he comes out and throws an interception. This is only bad, really bad throw of the night. But what he was able to do in terms of just setting guys up constantly, and he he plays a game that no one else quite can master in how he, I think he uses stuff he does in the first and second quarter to set you up for the third and fourth quarter. I would agree with that. There's like how he moves around in the pocket, tries to kind of see how you're going to play different things. Did you have any doubt when they got the ball back with just under two minutes in regulation that they would score to keep the game alive? Zero doubt. Is that the most inevitable thing ever? It felt that way, yeah. Was it like you know Deshaun Watson walking into the huddle telling the guys Alabama left us too much time? Yeah. That's exactly what it felt like. I mean, he just there was no doubt he was going to get him at least in field goal range. At the, at the worst, at the minimum, field goal range. You knew it. And then he gets the ball back in OT. You know, down three? I'm like, oh, no. I mean, you, you got to score a touchdown because you got to keep the game alive. And the 49ers don't. Now, I think, could you make an argument the 49ers in overtime should have gone for it on fourth down for a touchdown and not kicked the short field goal? Uh, yeah, but I, I read something this morning. I want to read it here um, from The Ringer talking about the overtime decisions. Oh, this is where Shanahan really messed up. The Chiefs' overtime plan worked out exactly how they had hoped. And it wasn't by accident. Kansas City safety Justin Reed told the ringer that the Chiefs had first discussed the new overtime rules as far back as training camp. Defensive lineman Chris Jones told them that told the ringer that players were prepared for what to expect if the Super Bowl went to overtime. We talked through this for two weeks, Jones said. He was going to give the ball to the opponent if they scored we were going to go for two at the end of the game. We've rehearsed it. Wow. The 49ers did not do the same. Multiple San Francisco players said after the game that they were not aware that the overtime rules are different in the playoffs than they are in the regular season, and strategy discussions over how to handle the overtime period did not occur as a team. Defensive lineman Eric Armstead said he learned the details of the postseason rule when it was shown on the Allegiant Stadium Jumbotron during a TV timeout after regulation. Fullback Kyle Juszczyk said he assumed the 49ers asked to receive when they won the toss because that's what you do in the regular season when a touchdown wins the game. I guess that's not the case. I don't really know the strategy, Juszczyk said. It's not his job to know the strategy. It's the head coach's job to know and formulate the strategy and relay that to his players properly. So not only did they not rehearse anything, they didn't even know about it. Until the rules were put on the Jumbotron in the stadium. How does that happen? Every single detail feels like it gets laid out at some point. How does that just go right over their heads? When football coaches carry it as a um, a badge of honor for sleeping at the facility and knowing more than anyone and always working and never taking a day off and I might could working buy that. 20 hours a day to, to make sure the game plan is perfect. I might could buy it. If it's the first game of the playoff, like it's your first game, like you know you you haven't you haven't already played 
a couple other games to get to this point. I might could buy that, but and it's not like they threw the rule the new rules out here after the conference title games. Yeah. I mean, Chiefs players are saying that they were going over this in training camp what their plan would be if they got this far. It's a, that's to where that's one through fifty three knew what they were going to do when they went out into overtime last night. What is Shanahan doing? I mean, that, that's the difference. That's what I'm saying. Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, you don't have them, but we want to keep. Always say, and listen, I think Kyle Shanahan is one of the best offensive minds in football. But we need to find a point where we've got to separate offensive mind from a great head coach. Because Kyle Shanahan in the big moments just cannot get it done. It it feels that way. I can't I can't push back on that narrative. He's been a part of too many of of these kind of Is it three events. he has been a part of double digit blown leads in the Super Bowl? I, I believe so. He the previous two was like a twenty to ten lead in, in the fourth, and of course the twenty eight to three debacle that occurred. And then last night. It's just not been a good history. <laughs> yeah, Texter um, got in and said, I thought officials went over all the rule changes with the coaches before the season started. Of course they did. No, Shanahan knew of the rule. He decided not to, to, to go through what would happen if they go into overtime. And he also made the poor decision. If you've you know played or if you've watched college football, which most of our listeners do, you take the ball second. Because you want to know what to, how to respond. Right. It's a vastly different setup. Both teams get full possessions, not in college where you're starting at the 25. But still, you you got to see what you need to have. That's the whole strategy that goes into it. How does that go over Shanahan's head? I was, I was flabbergasted when he didn't take the ball first. Especially when... I, mean, I, I, I want mean, to get... When, when he took the ball first. Sorry. I want to give the head official credit. I have never seen in a televised sporting event like that where rules need to be explained an official do that good of a job. Yeah, that, that's a good I point. I felt like I learned something when he was taking the mic at the coin toss last he night. He was very clear about everything. Yes. With intent to be very clear about it. I just, gosh, I just can't believe that Shanahan isn't prepared for that situation while Andy Reid's got the entire playbook, <laughs> you know, ready to go. You know, I, and everybody who has Chiefs team issued apparel knows what they're about to go yeah, do. I don't, I, I don't even mean playbook in the in the, what in calling plays. I mean the, the exactly how he's going to run the entire overtime period if it does occur. Just super prepared. You have to be at this level. You have to be, and yet they don't. They don't do it. We'll come back to the 49ers and kind of what this means for them. But I do like to focus on the winner. Um, but I do have to point out, before we go to break, that missed extra point and what that did. I, I, I just think that that moment changed the entire complexion because it allowed the Chiefs to not have to go for it on, on fourth down. They could kick field goals. That's John, that, that's the difference in the game. They weren't chasing the one point. No. No, I mean, that that changed everything. The mindset, I think it helped. Rasheed Rice made that huge catch to get them, help him get down there because, you know, he didn't, it wasn't like, oh gosh, we have to, like, he didn't try to score a touchdown. He just said, I'm going to make the play that's in front of me and then I'm going to get out of bounds. But not, not making that extra point, I think, vastly changed the pressure, 
they were under. And to just not have to force Mahomes and Reed had to come up with a fourth down play in regulation. Yeah, we'll set our field goal. We're fine. We're still in this thing. We can we can take our chances in OT where we know we're more prepared. <laughs> we literally have, have a massive advantage if this thing goes into OT. But do you th- I don't think Andy Reid knew that they had that much of an advantage going into it in terms of how... No, but he knew he was prepared. Yes. He was confident in their preparation that they had put into the moment. It just felt like Shanahan just, for, through the whole second half, it felt like he just really didn't know what to do it in felt like situations. it felt like to me he was aware of the Kyle Shanahan late game. Late, you know what I mean? Like there was a lot. Of, I don't know. He, I, I just felt like he was. That's putting was a lot t- on him to say that. It was very. I felt like he stepped away from being the aggressor. I think he changed his approach in that second half. I don't think he responded when the Chiefs woke up. Well, he isn't an aggressive coach, and that maybe that's part of the problem. Six five four. What a catch by Rasheed Rice! I just saw the replay of that again. That was a massive catch by him. Six, five, four, or more to come after this. Valentine's is approaching fast, so be ready for that special day. Rooster's Men's Grooming Center has everything that you need to look your best for your special date. Get anything from a haircut or neck trim to a seven-step facial shave. This modern classic barber shop has everything you need to look your best. Call 864-884-8920 for your next appointment or use the new Roosters app to see more of the services they provide. Located on Pelham Road in Greenville. Clemson Nation, this is former national champion Ben Boyer. If you live in Anderson, Greenville, Clemson, or Malden, South Carolina, and you're looking for the best birthday suit in town, come get tailored at www.thejunkyardfitness.com. Come by and see us at our four locations in the upstate of South Carolina. Your first week is always free. If you're moving a loved one into assisted living and need a stress-free solution for selling their property, Samuel Property Group is here to be your guide. From home evaluation to a hassle-free sale, we handle it all. Let us ease your burden during this transition and receive your check in as little as 10 days. Visit SamuelPropertyGroup.com today and fill out the simple form to be contacted by one of our team members within 48 hours. That's SamuelPropertyGroup.com. Is your crawl space damp or musty? Water in your crawl space can cause wood to rot and creates an environment for mold and mildew that can make its way inside your home. Canty Foundation Specialist specializes in crawl space repair. Call us today for your free inspection so you can have the peace of mind knowing your crawl space is dry and your home is protected. Call today, 864-641-0176 or visit cantycanfixit.com. No one wants it to happen to them, but unfortunately, chances are good that at some point it'll happen to you. Roof troubles. It's one of the most important parts of your biggest investment. So when you need repairs or a new installation, you need someone who you can trust to get the job done right. You need Joe Robertson and Son Roofing. As a family-owned and operated roofing company for nearly six decades, Joe Robertson and Son have built a reputation for quality craftsmanship. It's why thousands of upstate home and business owners have chosen them for their roofing needs. Beyond providing quality work they're proud to stand by, Joe Robertson and Son Roofing also takes a client-first approach to their job. That means quality roofing, fair pricing, and complete customer satisfaction. Put it all together, and it's easy to see why they're the upstate's premier roofing provider. 
You can't cut corners when it comes to roof repairs and installations, so go with the trusted name in the upstate. Go with Joe Robertson and Son Roofing. Get started today by visiting them online at robertsonroofing.net. This time of year is all about getting outside and enjoying the great outdoors. And nothing makes that more enjoyable than a meal right off the grill with fixings from your local Ingalls Market. From hand-cut steaks to fresh seafood and all types of meals with grilled and sautéed veggies, Ingalls has everything you need for a backyard barbecue, a day on the lake, or a trip to the beach. If you're hitting the road, be sure to use your Ingalls Advantage points to fill up and save money on gas. Shop your Ingalls Pharmacy aisles to save on sunscreen products and first aid. Planning a get-together or family reunion? Your Ingalls Deli Department can hook you up with custom-made platters that'll save you time and money. Need some fresh flowers to accent your home? The Ingalls Floral Department can handle that, and they also make beautiful arrangements for your loved ones. Take it from me. No matter what your family's grocery needs, you'll find it all at Ingalls. Low prices, love the savings. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors, and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com deals. Well, that's what we're here for. To get you out of your sports glass case of emotion. You're welcome. We are the Roar. on the roar go check out our friends at your pie in clemson two great locations to serve you 111 earl street downtown and dockside uh, right off of 123 before you hit the bridge towards seneca uh great development there you know there's a lot going on this weekend in clemson you've got i mean pretty much every sporting event under the sun basically is going to be happening uh literally under the sun and after it goes down over in Tiger Town this weekend. So if you're going to be around, stop into your pie. You get the fresh pizza right out of the oven. Uh, it's done in in minutes, so you don't sit there and wait and wait and wait. And they have all kinds of options, things you can do with their menu. They got the hot honey pepperoni. They got the double pepperoni, the new four cheese. Go check out those new items. And they've also got pasta, salads, gelato for the kids. My kids already asked me because we're we're going to be in in Clemson on on Saturday, and they already asked me if we can go to your pie. Uh, didn't take long. When I said we're going to be around town, they said, well, let's go to your pie. And then the next question was, can we get gelato? So it's a great place to take the kids. They're going to love it. Check it out. There's two great locations, 111 Earl Street downtown and the Dockside development there where you're right on the lake. Uh, go check them out today and this weekend. 654 Roar, you want to get in with us. 9.47 a.m. Reviewing last night, Super Bowl 58. Kansas City, 25, San Francisco, 22, in overtime. Uh, one of the you know few times in my lifetime I've seen OT in the Super Bowl, and certainly a 
phenomenal finish. It just did not start the way people wanted it to, for sure. I was a little disappointed in the first half, uh, but I had a feeling things would get started a little bit better in the third. And, you know, really, I th- there's so many things you can point to. I mean, the Chiefs did have some phenomenal luck. A few things that just went their way. One, Shanahan doesn't know how to handle overtime. You don't know going into that that that's going to be the case. You also don't know that there's going to be a fum or a um, punt that turns into a turnover when it hits the back of the leg of a 49ers blocker who's engaged. Ray Ray McLeod, former Clemson player, is screaming and pointing to get away from the ball. The ball hits the guy. Ray Ray quite well notices it and tries to pick up the football and just can't get it, can't grasp it. Because when it hits off of a leg like that, I mean, it's just going all kinds of directions. It's an oblong ball, you know, the old cliches. And so Ray Ray couldn't come up with it. Not his fault. But a game changer. Because this is this is right after the Chiefs threw an interception. Mahomes makes his first blemish in forever in the playoffs. And they can't capitalize on it. I think I think the I'm pretty sure they went three and out. The 49ers went three and out on that. Um after the the turnover. And then they give the ball back and force another punt from the Chiefs, and they're unable to come away with it. And that jump started everything. Now all of a sudden the Chiefs take the lead. Right? I mean, that's just <laughs> that was that that came out of absolutely nothing. Now the Chiefs gotten a field goal right before that. But after that muff punt issue. All of a sudden, you're staring down a deficit. John, they were in control. San Fran had control of this game for so long. And I just think that once that happened, it was sort of the we got you moment of the game. Once the Chiefs were able to get a lead, you just felt like San Fran wasn't going to be able to do enough. And we talk a lot about how, you know, in different sports or whatever, you're always kind of waiting on the other shoe to drop. When the turn, when, like I said, it wasn't Ray Ray's fault, but when the muff punt happened, I felt like that was the 49ers wholesale. Like, oh, no. There's their opening. That's the road no we, ju- we, ju- we just gave them the opening. Yeah. yeah. It, it created doubt in a game otherwise that they were in control. Now, there was still a lot of game left to be played, but still, you, you, just, you felt like things were turning in that moment because the Chiefs scored on one play. Scantling's wide open in the end zone on the very next play with about two minutes to go, two and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. I mean, just, he's just standing there waiting on the ball. And it just felt like, oh boy, here we go. If you're a Niners fan, that had to be the most gut-wrenching moment was watching that ball hit off that guy's leg and just hoping Ray Ray could come up with it and unable to do so. Huge break. But you have to have breaks. and you, The thing is, the Niners got breaks. They got two turnovers in this game. Their defense forced two. How many points did they score off those turnovers, John? That'd be a zero. <laughs> you can't do that in the Super Bowl, man. You get an opportunity like that. And I just, I thought Shanahan got out of his bag. Not that, it, not that he was working, you know, the ball just perfectly down the field in the first half. But I felt in the, in the third quarter, really got out of his bag. Two drives in a row in the third quarter, they threw the ball on first down. One was, I think, an incompletion, and the other was that, that big loss, like an eight-yard loss. I mean, that's just, I why? Why? McCaffrey's your workhorse. You know, it's a blue-collar game for him. 
don't throw the ball on first down, start the third quarter. Right after you got a turnover. Mahomes gives you an opportunity, and you're asking Brock Purdy to throw. And I'm not, I'm not trying to bang on Brock Purdy here, but one of the I think it was McDuffie after the game said their game plan, their hope was that Brock Purdy was throwing the ball. And I don't think that was a Brock Purdy's terrible. We know we can beat him. It was a the, the McCaffrey's not running, and the the offensive line isn't moving us downhill, and we're not getting beat to death physically. Yeah, it's it's not saying it's not throwing shade at Brock Purdy as you're taking the lesser of two evils. Yeah. And you know that your blitz packages are so effective that you can get home more often than not. It's again, it's not Brock Purdy. You have that much confidence in your defense and the Spagnola blitzes that they they he draws up. Brock Purdy under pressure, John, last night on blitzes. 12 of 19, about 130 yards. He averaged 4.5 yards per pass attempt. This guy led the NFL in yards per pass attempt in, in during the season. 4.5 on blitzes last night. 6.7 overall. I just you can't. That's not good enough. That does not win Super Bowls when you are getting blitzed like that and you cannot come up with. It. And three. It was a three of twelve on third down. Three of twelve. I'm telling you, man. Spags is in that bag, working it. And the blitzes were coming from so many different directions. He's blitzing DBs. He's dropping linebackers. He's confusing the heck out of you. Run the ball. And I just don't. I think Shanahan got. I think I think he got antsy. I really do. I think I think he got a little bit concerned. He felt like he needed sort of a death blow drive. Like he needed something because the the. The punt, the messed up on the punt. The very next drive, San Francisco answered. If they don't mess up the punt, what if they go down and score there, John? Even if it's a field goal, they're going to take five, six minutes off the clock. We'd have been deep into the fourth quarter, essentially. I mean, that could have been the game changer. That could have been everything. So what what happened after that that punt changed the game? And then the missed extra point. When you, you're able to come back, and get a lead. You answer right back after the Chiefs scored. You come right back and answer it. Juwan Jennings makes a phenomenal play. That's a great play. I mean, I know he was on the losing end. Juwan Jennings should have gotten some votes for Super Bowl MVP. That guy had a game. He probably was going to be the MVP had had the 49ers won. Either he or McCaffrey. But he threw the pass to McCaffrey. <laughs> was he the first player in Super Bowl history? I see that right last night to throw and catch a touchdown oh, in a Super Bowl? Man. He, he probably would have been MVP. He would have gotten my vote. Oh, yeah. Had the 49ers won. Would honestly, won honestly I wouldn't have, have been offended if they did the, the C.J. Spiller in Tampa in 09 thing and given the MVP in a losing effort. <laughs> well, I mean, Mahomes is great. I, I'm Mahomes not trying to take anything like away from Mahomes. 333, won 400. Uh, but, rushing, too. He, he okay, well, then, yeah, then, then we are. Uh, he's one, one yard shy. Yeah, because he slid just a hair early to keep him from getting 400 on that big run in overtime that really got the wheels in motion on fourth down. 6-5-4, Roar. Victor and Greenville's up next. Hey, Victor, how are you? You there, Victor? I think we lost Victor. Get, Victor, get back in. I'll put you up. 6-5-4, Roar. Um, I just don't know if... if I, I, I'm, I don't know why. I'm, I'm not really shocked. But I just feel like Shanahan 
in some ways, just let Spagnola beat him. I mean, I'm not saying he was trying to lose to him, but there were just some instances there. I'm like, why are you calling that in those situations? You know you're going to get blitzed out of your mind. It, facing third downs, don't try to do, work something down the field. Run, run a screen or something to McCaffrey short and let him go to work. So when I said in the last segment that I thought that he – like the the pressure got to him and he started that that was kind of what I meant where I thought Shanahan started taking all the oh my gosh I'm going to blow it again in the late game situation where he was forcing a lot of bad things to your point he got away from the run he got away from quick hits to McCaffrey I thought the game plan especially in the majority of this game for Kittle was um bad yeah what was he what, what where was he at most of the game I know he got hurt he came game, right back he came right back in Couple plays later, I mean, what was it into the third quarter? He didn't have a catch. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't again. They're blitzing their brains out. Where's some quick short throws to get the ball out of Purdy's hands? They were dropping him back. He was in pure dropback mode. What are you doing? So, like I said, to my point, for a man who is deemed an offensive genius, he got outcoached horribly in the second half of that game yesterday. Have you ever heard of a running back draw or maybe a toss? Just something to throw the defense's timing off. We talk about all the time, you use the quick passing game as an extension of the run game, and he chose not to use either. Yeah, Texas, it also didn't make sense throwing so much, knowing that Debo was hurt. And and they ran a a really critical key play to Debo when he had just come back in from the hamstring injury. And it it didn't work. That made no sense to me. The way that they used Debo pre- and post-injury made no sense to me. The man's got a hamstring injury, but you want to push him 30 yards down the field? I know people want to... To, to bang on Brock Purdy. I, I told you this was going to happen. I, I said this on Friday, John. He, he's either going to be uh, the next Tom Brady or the next Jimmy Garoppolo. There's no in-between. But he was in-between. He, he he did not make a critical error on, you know, with an interception. He didn't put the ball on the, on the floor. He just he just didn't make the big plays. But I don't think Shanahan put him in position and helped him make some of the plays that he, that he needed to make to win the game. I agree. I agree, and I think that's part of... A- Bad game plan by Shanahan. Offensively, I just don't think they were good. I just don't. I think McCaffrey was good, and that's it. That's really all they did offensively was, was McCaffrey. What else could you take away from this game from an offensive standpoint? Ayuk was, I honestly, but to the point where everyone's going to come out here and bash Brock Purdy, he was not the reason they lost the game. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't believe that he was. I don't think he was putting great... Now, did he overcome a lot of the situations that we see great quarterbacks in these games do? Not particularly. Especially on third downs, late in the games, when when you know Mahomes is automatic, and it's like Steph Curry pulling up for three. Like, it's it's good. Third and four, third and five, you just go ahead and give Mahomes the first down. Why even run the play? You know, just put the spot the ball ahead of the marker because it's automatic. But Brock Purdy was not. He was he was not. And he's a young guy and and he's not going he's just he's just not at a stage in his career, John, where he's going to pick up the sophistication of the blitzes and get the uh, you know, change the everybody's assignment in the, the moment in time you have to to get a play to work. He's just not there. Hey, he put too much on his plate. He's just not there. She he put too much on Brock Purdy's plate and through quick passing and the run game could have helped take things off of him and alleviate some of that pressure he was dealing with in the second half of that game. Jennings made the biggest plays for them, and you can argue he's the least talented player. He comes up huge. He's the most clutch player. But you could you have to question, where was the usage on Debo? Where was McCaffrey in the second half? And where was, was George Kittle? Ayuk was blanketed all night. I mean, tight coverage all over him. 
Tim, I'll put you right up. 654. We'll go to the phone lines and return after this. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WA.